Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of The Raven. I'm Jason Lavelle, your host and your guide on this literary journey. Today, I have another wonderful author to introduce you to, but first, I want to tell you about our sponsor this season, which is Creative Edge Publicity. Uh, Creative Edge are advocates of collaboration and believers in partnerships in the ever-changing literary industry. Creative Edge Publicity, your brand, your future. So thank you so much, Creative Edge, for making this show possible. Well, all right, everyone. Today I'm going to be introducing you to a fantastic YA fantasy novelist, and she wrote Dream of Darkness, which, by the way, is an amazing book title. I absolutely love it. Uh, please welcome H.M. Gooden to the show. Heather, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing very well. It, it's another day where I woke up alive. We were just talking about how that's a good thing. <laughs> it's always a good start to the day. <laughs> it is uh, It is absolutely freezing here in Michigan, but uh, I, I'm just thinking, you know, six more months and it should be, you know, we should be melting from the heat. So I, I look forward to that. That's true. We, we do like our, our season that isn't winter up here as well. We call that construction. <laughs> yes, very good bottle season. Quite enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, Heather, you're going to be doing a reading from Dream of Darkness for us, right? Yes. Well, awesome. Well, I am going to just I'm going to step back, get out of the way, and let you do your thing. All right. Well, this is uh, excerpt from chapter four, so near the beginning of the book, where Vanessa and Kat have just been in a car accident. Vanessa sat next to her sister, refusing to leave her side while the paramedics and firefighters extricated Kat from the car. A police officer took Vanessa's statement while she sat in a daze, trying to piece together what had happened. One minute, everything had been fine, normal. Then the next, she'd heard her sister scream and felt the car fold in on itself like a napkin. The police officer, a kind, middle-aged woman, told her another driver had run a wet red light and hit them on the passenger side. They'd been lucky, apparently, because they were hit behind the front passenger door, just behind Cat. Lucky, Vanessa thought bitterly. Had it been any further forward, Cat might have been killed. As it was, her door had been bent inward, and they needed to call firefighters to use the jaws of life to cut Cat out before the paramedics could even attend to her. All Vanessa could see as she looked around was falling darkness and the flashing of ambulance and police lights. It was actually kind of pretty, she thought, still dazed, as if she was watching a movie. She was numb and wondered if this was what shock felt like. She hadn't looked at the other car, hadn't been able to, but she could see a white sheet on the ground. Whoever had hit them hadn't been as lucky as they had and she was vaguely sad for the other driver. She managed to call her parents, who understandably were freaking out. Her dad hadn't arrived home yet from his meeting when she'd called, but her mom had said she'd get him and meet Vanessa at the hospital. She'd tried to reassure her mom, but couldn't stop crying, and knew she hadn't made much sense on the phone. She couldn't get warm or stop shaking, even with all the people who had been there to help them. She felt she was watching herself act stupid while her brain was clicking along in a robotic way, 
It was weird being able to intellectualize what was happening and still have no control over what her body did. One of the paramedics came over and gently led her to the ambulance like she was made of glass, fragile and hard, ready to shatter into pieces if dropped. He promised her Cat was fine and she'd see her as soon as they got to the hospital. So she reluctantly let herself be guided to the stretcher, taking a last look over her shoulder at her sister, who was so pale, so bloody. Pieces of glass sparkled like Christmas ornaments in the lights of the emergency vehicles. And the person she didn't see, covered in a white sheet, who would be a ghost in her dreams for a long, long time. For the first time she could remember, she started to pray. For what? She didn't know. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for that reading. Oh, so, you're welcome. Yes, and that was very intense. Um, and so I have a, a lot of questions about this book, but I want to start by saying that I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't read a lot of YA. It's not my preferred genre, um, mm -hmm. but I have to say that this story really flowed and moved so smoothly that I couldn't help but get really swept up in it. It was awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the world in this book. Is this a reality that's like our own? So basically, my world is ours. But if the stories we grew up hearing are all based on truth. So there are some, some maybe supernatural elements going on in here too, then. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess probably coming from my own background and, and what I do for a living, life is hard. But I always wondered what would it be like if we had the power to make a difference in more than the normal way. And I had recurring I would call them more dreams because I wouldn't necessarily say they were bad enough to be nightmares throughout much of my life. And this book actually came about because of one of those recurring dreams. And in that dream, Kat is able to see the auras of people around her. And this all begins after that car accident that I read for you. Well, and you know, I, I'm I'm always careful not to give spoilers or to ask for spoilers, but uh, this is something you 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 covered right in your reading. You know, there's there's a terrible accident um, kind of right off the back in this book, and and our main character is injured badly. Um, and mm -hmm. I'd like to know how you crafted her injuries and her recovery, because this is something that. I think uh, is really difficult for many authors crafting realistic injuries and recovery from those injuries. Well, I have a secret advantage in that I've actually been a practicing physician for over 10 years. So crafting realistic hospital experiences is pretty much my day job <laughs> for lack of a you know, better explanation. I, I see this every day and I, I see what people go through and, you know, just to put my own special spin on things, I actually was hit by a truck on boxing day this year. So, um, 
I, I got a, a refresher in how bad it feels to get hit by a truck. Oh, well, that, uh, that so in, <laughs> in the real world, you were actually hit by a truck. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Walked my... across the road. It was lovely. Oh, my goodness. And uh, well, so not to downplay the, the, the injury here, but I, I think yeah. we should cover Boxing Day real quick. Boxing Day, that's, that's some type of, uh, or it used to be at least like a gift-giving holiday, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So Boxing Day, I guess you probably don't really have it in the States. No, uh, in Canada, no. Boxing Day is, it's the day after Christmas, so December 26th. And I believe it's based on the British tradition where all of the rich people the day after Christmas would box up things and give it to the poor. So it's sort of that whole Lady Bountiful period where they would give food and items to uh, people that were in need. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so it has nothing to do with boxers then. So as, as long as we know that. Um, yeah. So you so you were hit by a truck. Were you were you badly injured? I apparently am built Ford tough. Okay. And uh, I I think I dented the fender of the Ford as much as it dented me. I'm I'm doing a bit of physio and massage, but I landed on my butt, which is apparently indestructible. So <laughs> I was good. Um, <laughs> I was walking with two of my children at the time, and and the youngest, of course, was the one who went under the truck tire. But oh I might God. have managed to lift the truck. It's a little blurry, but. Either way, I pulled him out, and he spent the evening in the emergency room. But miraculously, he actually still does not have kneecaps, so nothing was broken. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it was it was intense. It was frightening, and I'm not sure I've actually processed the whole thing yet. But by again, <laughs> it was a miracle. We did walk away from it. What? It, I, I have to say that I, I am not a, a, a psychotherapist, but it does not sound like you have completely processed this because oh, no. it is absolutely terrifying. And you're just so matter of fact. And I mean, I and I need a at least a short story about how <laughs> you were semi-conscious and still managed to throw this truck off of your child and, and whisk them off to safety. Yeah, I, I didn't, I just, I mean, it just hit my body, like I said. My head was fine. I, I again, maybe it's the training. Uh, I've had other things over the years with my children. I tend to go into this computer mode. So, actually, it's interesting what I wrote about Vanessa because it's true. You can continue to function and just put your emotions in a little box to deal with later. So, I've, I've seen this multiple times in the hospital in emergency situations and I tend to just kind of go into what needs to happen mode so um, wow. it might not be the healthiest response but it certainly is great in emergency you, you get all the uh, the appropriate things done we had the ambulance there I was able to give everybody the information they needed and, you know, after the situation, then you can deal with the emotion stuff after everybody walks out of it alive. Well, well I, am, I am so pleased to hear that everyone walked away from that. That's, wow. Me wow. too. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. But you're totally right about the um, putting the emotions in a, in a box. You know, I, I work at a, uh, at a vet clinic, and there are times where we have to do... Uh, Absolutely. You know, things that things that most people would be like, nope, that that doesn't happen in real life. And you know, we yep. don't process it until you go home and then you sit on the couch and cry about it for a little while. But you just get it done. And 
And this is why so many people that work in healthcare or animal care is very similar. This is why so many people have issues with mental health. It's because if we are not taught how to deal with these horrible things that we see as an everyday part of what we do to help others, then eventually that will take its toll. Oh yeah. And that's, that's true. You know, and, and I, I kind of uh, worked on processing it last year by writing a, uh, a novella um, mm. about a veterinary hospital, but uh, it was with my own horrific twist on it, and it was just about <laughs> some of the awful things that that we see and do, and um, and that really helped, and it, you know really has disturbed a lot of people. But, uh, but we've all got to have a way of getting getting that stuff out. Absolutely, but... and and that's why I started writing. That is where this first book came from. Is it, it, it was a way for me to make something positive out of all of the trauma that I've had. Uh, there's a scene later on where she's in the hospital, and I won't give away any of the details, but that's a real patient that I knew and cared for. And, and I mean, throughout the book, there's elements of people that I've met and people that have died and everything that's in my book comes from somewhere, whether it's my love of mythology or patients that I've looked after or things that have happened to myself. So I I think writing is a wonderful way of helping us process and move past the pain into a place of beauty. And I, I absolutely love that idea. And, uh, and I love books that are are built that way. You know, in, in my own fiction, I try to take elements of my own life or stories that people have told me mm-hmm. about their lives and weave that into the fiction. And I feel like it, I don't know, it just gives it way, more weight or meaning to me. So I, I like that. Uh, but I, I'm getting I'm getting way off track with you here. <laughs> Where, I, I, I apologize. But, uh, Down the dark hole. Uh, so, <laughs> well, it is called so, Dream of Darkness, right? So that's yes, really fine. That's very true. Well, and you know, in you know, in speaking of the the darkness, and it, it's not all darkness, but no. I feel like in in this book, there's there's kind of a this mixture of magic and spiritualism going on. <laughs> you know, is that is that just me, or is that kind of what you intended? No, uh, I don't think it's just you. Uh, I mean, I think you know, as a kid, I absolutely devoured everything I could find about fantasy, mythology, different cultures, different religions. And and I think it's one of those things that the longer I live and the more I see, the more I believe there is something bigger than us out there. And, you know, people talk about having a God complex. Well, I think most people, the longer they work in any kind of healthcare field, they realize that we don't have control over the end results. Like we have, there's something out there, but we don't get to call the shots. Like I can, I can help comfort people. I can make their quality of life better. But at the end of the day, I don't make that final decision. So I think you probably see that in this book for sure because it is again it's a way that i was able to process some of this stuff well i think that um you know the magic and and spiritualism or 
you know, in religion to some extent. It, it's all this, um, it's kind of a, a fascination with the unknown in our lives and in our world. And for myself personally, I, I really hope that there is some kind of cosmic intervention out there or some kind of magic that that weaves through the system um, that I just don't understand and no and maybe no one ever will but because it 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 makes it all just a little bit well I don't even know if I have the right word to to describe that the feeling but you know it it gives me gives me hope that it's th yeah. this isn't all there is you know and and I think that the part of the the attraction for me to this book and the characters was that there was this element of the unknown that there are these strange and magical things going on kind of just mm -hmm. beyond the the curtain of what us normies <laughs> might, <Yes. laughs> might be able to see and and I thought that was just fantastic I, I you know it really brought me back to uh, when I was when I was in middle school when I first started reading fantasy novels and just this love that I felt for, oh my gosh, you know, you, you really don't know what's going to happen in the next chapter because these authors are creating something so fantastical that, you know, it could never happen in real life, but that's the joy of it. Um, yeah, so that, that was, that was really cool for me. I haven't, I haven't read a, a book like this in a very long time, so I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you well, know, and well, <laughs> <laughs> well, and the the discovery is, you know, discovery is always a big part of any novel. But you know, for for me, discovery was a big part of not just figuring out where the plot was going, but the mm -hmm. characters themselves were kind of on these these journeys of personal discovery as well. And I thought that was a really fun and effective way to get to know the characters without you just dropping you know paragraph after paragraph of this is what's going on they actually they actually had to go out and and figure this stuff out for themselves right absolutely and i mean that's really part of being a teenager anyway is figuring out okay who am i i mean that's part of being in your 30s or 40s you still have no idea who we are <laughs> everything that we encounter in life shapes us and molds us and i know um you know, one of the criticisms I have seen, because, you know, we're not supposed to read your reviews, but you totally always do, is, <laughs> yep. that, you know, things come too easily and, oh, it's a happy ending. And I'm like, hey, life is hard. I want a happy ending. I want to write and create something that I get to make it end in a way that I want it to. So, yeah, my characters are going to go through things and discover things, but I also, you know, life is dark. So even though my book is called Dream of Darkness, the series is called Rise of the Light for a reason. Well, and that that well, wonderful job with this segue here. Very, very well done. That's, that actually runs right <laughs> into what I was about to talk to you about. <laughs> I'm psychic. I know. <laughs> so something that that really stood out for me in this story was the love and acceptance that both friends and family members are showing each other and you know that may that may sound like to a small thing to a lot of people but it really isn't um, if we're thinking about any teenager coming to their parents or their peers with a life-changing personal discovery well mm -hmm. a lot of times in in this world it it doesn't turn out 
uh, too no. well. It really doesn't. But in this story, we actually are seeing real love and acceptance. Despite all of the trials that these that these kids and these characters are going through, and I thought that that was just a beautiful thing, and I and I really commend you for the way you wrote that. Well, thank you. I you know I love reading YA, but I feel like sometimes it's all about how you know their parents suck or their siblings suck. Everything sucks, and and yeah, things do suck, but I mean I had a wonderful family growing up, and. And a lot of my friends did too. And that's what gets us through things in life. And, you know, I, I kind of describe my books jokingly as uh, a little bit like My Little Pony. It's all about friendship and magic. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, we went through a My Little Pony, pony phase in this uh, <laughs> house for a long time. <laughs> I know them all by heart now, yeah, um, but so. no, and that's, that's, that's so true. You know, and, and I, 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 I host another podcast called unafraid and unafraid is, is all about uh, stories from the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And so I hear a lot of really bad stories um, mm. uh, where, where we're not seeing the kind of love and acceptance we should. Yeah. And, you know, someone came on and, and asked me once, you know, you know, how do you how do you parent a, a queer child? And I said, there's absolutely no difference whatsoever. You just you love, love and them. you accept them. And that's all there is to it. And I, I love seeing that in a, in a story. And so for for me, be for personal reasons. And we all we all approach books this this way, I think, you know, we put our we project our own uh, personal stuff onto them. So when I'm hearing about you know, a cat coming to her family saying, look, this is what's going on. I'm, I'm also thinking about my own children and my own self coming to our parents and saying, hey, this is what's going on with me. And I just love it that mm -hmm. I love it that there wasn't that typical, you know, you, you've got to deny who you are kind of thing going on. I, I just love that. Well, I wanted to write books that every person reading it would be able to see themselves in it. My friend group is definitely a rainbow and so is my family and and you know I work with people that are amazing and they're from all different backgrounds different countries different walks of life so why don't we write books that we see real people in and and I mean that's part of why my my characters just kind of showed up in the books the way they did I didn't plan it in advance but I've got people from different countries as main characters. I have LGBTQIA characters. There's, there's a lot of letters. There are. There's a few more. Yeah, but I, I don't remember the other ones at the end. Um, I basically wrote real people. And real people change with time and they discover different facets of themselves. And in fact, one of my spinoff series is LGBT. It just went that way. It wasn't planned. It wasn't for political reasons. It was because this is what my character said. Well, and I, I think that one thing that's, that's something that's important for authors to remember is that, um, it, and I'm I'm kind of going it hard into the LGBTQ uh, <laughs> theme theme now. But when you're when you're writing a book, um, remember you don't necessarily have to be writing a book that's 
young adult or a book that's mm -hmm. LGBTQ, uh, you know, you, you write a book that's just the book, the best book that you can write. And if these characters happen to be doing this or that, that's what they do. But you don't have to make it, it doesn't have to be all consuming. It can just be uh -huh. a casual, regular part of life, you know? It's like we all have eyes. We all have body parts. We all have interests. Yeah, definitely. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting and, I'm getting you way I'm way off track so many times here today. <laughs> I I mean I basically I'm writing the stories and I hope people enjoy the stories and can see themselves and identify with something, and I hope I'm writing things in a way that is real, and I mean as as a, a cis white female. I only know what my experience is, but I hope I have done a good job portraying those that are not exactly like myself. Yeah, well, and you're you're talking about, you know, magic and and supernatural stuff, and mm -hmm. and it's it's wonderful. But the the characters are still people, and they're still mm -hmm. relatable, and that's what's so cool about it. In those scenes, in the the uh, kind of the coma scenes in the hospital, those were those were really powerful. You know, I. I really felt that, you know, so that, that was good. I do cry a lot while writing. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> like I said, it's, you know, it's cathartic. It's processing. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, so I know that there, there's two other books in this series now, right? Actually. Um, so it, again, like, like these things so often do, I wrote one book and by the time I got to the end of the first book, I was like, uh Oh, it's a trilogy. And then by the time I got to the end of the third book, I was like, but I don't want to say goodbye. So I've actually <laughs> written eight books total in oh this gosh. Um, series. The, um, the first three would be considered more of the trilogy, but then each book is a spinoff on the other characters. So in book four, we follow a girl who we don't meet until book two. And she goes to Norway with her... Um, significant other to, you know, fight trolls and stuff, because that's what you do. Yes. <laughs> and then um, in book five, Vanessa actually gets her own series. And um, things take off a different kind of direction there. And, you know, Vanessa is one of those characters at first, I found her a little bit irritating. But she very quickly grew on me. And, and the other main character I introduce in book five is my all-time, I think, probably, if you, if you can pick a favorite child, I think it would be, it would be Emma Jane. So, um, you know, I hope people continue the series, but definitely after the third book, they are basically standalones. They just involve the same characters. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And well, um, those ones are out, and then book six is out as well. And then book seven and eight are still first draft only done <laughs> okay all right well you are you are cooking with those that's awesome yeah i i have a hard time saying goodbye to people that i love and apparently that involves people that i have created in my head well you are a doctor so that's that's <laughs> kind of your thing right <laughs> I guess, yeah. so what what are you what are you hoping that your readers will take away from dream of darkness and and the rest of the series Honestly, I, I hope that people will take away hope that no matter how dark it gets, there is always light. And even the smallest act of 
heroism can be enough at the end of the day to change somebody's life and make the world a better place. I like that a lot. Well, tell us where we can find all your books. So you can pretty much find me anywhere online. I have my books listed wide because I'm in Canada. (laughs) And uh, if, if I was just Amazon exclusive, I wouldn't be able to have it in the bookstores in the same way. So I have my books are in the local chapters in Indigo and Calgary. And you can find me online on Amazon, Kobo, Apple, basically anywhere you can get uh, an ebook and you can find me under hm gooden on my webpage which is hmgoodenauthor.com on twitter on instagram and on facebook where i have a fan group called gooden's summerland gate as a bit of a nod to a theme that shows up in pretty much every book that i have Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Heather. It really has been great to speak with you. Well, thank you for having me, and I very much enjoyed chatting about my world. <laughs> and we loved hearing it. Well, well thank, thank you, everyone, for lis- for listening today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode with H.M. Gooden and her amazing fantasy novel, Dream of Darkness. And if you enjoyed it, hit like or subscribe, share it around to all your friends, whatever you'd like to do. And until next time, have a great day.